Hello, everyone, and welcome to GivePod, Greater Vancouver's business podcast, exploring the challenges and opportunities facing our region. I'm Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. This month, we're taking a closer look at the False Creek Flats. You probably know the area, bordered by Main Street to the west, Great Northern Way to the south, Prior Street to the north, and Clark Drive to the east. But what you might not know is that the Flats is a major job center in Vancouver, home to 600 businesses with 8,000 workers. There are huge changes coming to the area, including the development of a new St. Paul's Hospital that will be behind the Pacific Central Station. Joining me today is Fiona Dalton, President and CEO of Providence Healthcare, to talk about the new St. Paul's and what it means for our city and the False Creek Flats. Welcome, Fiona. Nice to see you. Thanks so much for the invite. So let's start off with an update maybe on construction and planning. So the construction really got underway uh, last spring. It's mm-hmm. slated to open in 2027. So where are things at now? Um, going really well, actually. I was um, able to be down on the, on the site um, earlier this week. And um, the we're now at the uh, parking level one. Um, it's the biggest concrete pour in BC that ever happened, with the exclusion of some of the dams, I think. And so wow. it's a massive project. Um, we're expecting that by probably January, February, the building will be actually above ground. And as you drive past, you can see the four PCL cranes that are constantly swinging around, moving <laughs> things in. Um, and we are um, on time and on budget uh, to complete for first patients in early 2027. Okay, let's just uh, pause there for a second on time and on budget, because we don't hear that nearly often enough on any project. So that is very exciting. You say the largest concrete pour. Why is that? Is that because of the area or the size of the, the foundation that's needed? It's just a really, really large building, actually, um, that we're taking the, the current simples, um, but then it's going to have an additional over 100 additional extra beds. And then, of course, um, every bed will have every patient will have their own room and their own bathroom. Um, so all the space standards are expanded from the current simples. So it's actually a really, really sizable building. You know, my son was bought, born at St. Paul's uh, 19 years ago, so I remember the rooms uh, very well. I've been uh, in the hospital many times since then to see family and friends, and it's a wonderful facility, but desperately in need of some updating and upgrades. It's an, an old building, so this new hospital will be a fantastic addition to our city. Besides the 100 new beds, additional beds. What are some of the other, um, I think, the the things that are really going to make this hospital shine? Mm -hmm. Um, So what we're really trying to do is obviously take the best of the current simples and some of that, the the culture of truly patient-centered care and kindness and compassion and innovation, but then also add all the new things, including shiny new building. Um, But for instance, um, I've got a real focus on Indigenous reconciliation. Um, we've spent a lot of time with um, Indigenous, uh, both patients, families, three host nations, uh, to really make sure that the building is is welcoming and we're providing the right services. We've got really nice sacred space. Um, and we're also, um, we have a memorandum of understanding with the three host nations that there will be actually a separate Indigenous welcoming centre on site to ensure that Indigenous patients, whether they're from 
the downtown east side or they're from the whole of BC because of course we get people uh, for specialist healthcare from really rural and remote areas as well feel welcome onto the site. That's fantastic. I mean, as you mentioned, there's a very large Indigenous population in downtown Vancouver, so serving the needs of that community very specifically. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, and if we get things right for that community in terms of I think we will get them right for everyone else as well in terms of truly thinking about how we do patient focused care and appreciate everyone's culture um, and ensure that we are providing culturally sensitive care. Why was the False Creek Flats chosen? I mean, I'm assuming that, you know, the existing site wasn't big enough uh, and wasn't right enough. But, you know, what was it that attracted St. Paul's and Providence Health to the False Creek Flats? Well, that was all, of course, quite a bit before my time. So I I wasn't here, but I I see the absolute advantages of that site. It's incredibly unusual to have that that size of plot um, in a um, not in a greenfield site, but actually right in the middle of a city at the heart of where the patients that we serve are living. Um, and of course, the, the size of that site is it's not just about the acute hospital, although that's what we're focused on at the minute, that we will also have the research and innovation centre, there will be staff accommodation, there will be space for um, other med tech and pharma um, companies. And so um, it will be a real um, kind of, but all of those things which you wouldn't have had space for on the current site. Yeah, what um, we're talking other, about is, a, oh, sorry to interrupt, we're talking about a, a health and innovation hub exactly. really for yes. our region, aren't we? Yes, yeah, absolutely. So I think it's a kind of unique spot in that it absolutely has the capacity to do that. And some of the surrounding organizations um, are already making it that that area for med tech and biomed innovation um, and job creation and economic delivery. But it's also very, very close to the populations that we serve, particularly the downtown east side. Um, who absolutely deserve and need that level of innovation. Um, And it also, of course, has very good um, public transit links um, and it's um, accessible from the rest of the the province as well. So um, the people who picked that site picked very well, I think. You know, I don't think that we can underscore the opportunity with this particular part of the city, the False Creek Flats. Uh, As you say, it's very unusual to have a, a a size of land this large that is available to develop without a lot of complications and to be able to make it a health and innovation and economic center is quite remarkable. Absolutely. It's really exciting. Um, You know, we know that healthcare does cost every taxpayer in BC a lot of money. Um, And so we want to make sure that we're also part of economic innovation and development, uh, because as we grow the economy um, and make sure that those innovators and small startups are staying in BC and not moving south of the border, then we know that they'll create the tax um, receipts that then pay for healthcare. So, you know, we're all in this together, I think. And so you see full integration into the Falls Creek Flats. And and what about the employees of St. Paul's? Is there going to be opportunity for them to live where they work? So, um, yeah, absolutely. Part of the site is zoned for um, for housing, for res- for staff housing. Um, and we're delighted about that because, of course, for Effin and Vancouver, housing is a is a big challenge. Uh, but we're also um, excited about working with the our, our neighbours um, in False Creek Flats. I um, had a, a really great conversation the other day with um, Tracy Reddy from Science World about all of those connections in terms of how we 
how she can excite the next generation of people who want to be interested in science and then might want to choose to actually train as nurses or doctors or all the other professionals that we have. Equally, how do we get people engaged in research? Um, and so that kind of science connection is a really interesting one. And I could have we can have that partnership with everyone else. So we're just really excited about being a good neighbor in the False Creek Flats as well. And what does this mean for the opportunity for our region um, in Canada and even, you know, outside our Canadian borders? Um, you know, you talk about the connections with science world and building this as an innovation and healthcare and economic hub. I mean, this is a real opportunity, I think, given the strength that we already see in life sciences and in tech in our, our region. To me, this is really quite a remarkable opportunity for us to really scale and grow. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that um, it's a really rare opportunity to have um, space for companies, whether they are established or, or startups, to healthcare professionals, and next to a, a big volume of patients um, who are all you know, most keen to be part of that research and innovation and change things. So we see the need every day to do things differently. So we have the market. Um, but equally, we have we see NBC. We have that kind of inspiration and ideas and um, enterprise, and I think we can harness that together. We've got a really unique opportunity here. Mm -hmm. uh, you joined Providence Healthcare in 2018. You came from the UK. Your accent mm -hmm. gives you away there a little <laughs> bit, but you've been with us uh, a few years now. But I think. What a time to be joining an organization, given the stress on, on the healthcare system. I mean, not only the COVID-19 pandemic, but our opioid crisis, you know, dealing with two pandemics at the same time. What has that been like for you? Um, well, yeah, it, it's it's really challenging uh, to work in healthcare at the minute. Absolutely. Um, but I think um, I have the... I have the. I think that's an international issue, to be honest, in terms of that challenges on healthcare. Um, and I have the privilege of of leading an organisation that is full of truly inspirational, committed people. And that's definitely what kind of gives me the inspiration to to keep going, um, because I think that we are at ground zero for for absolutely for the COVID pandemic, but also particularly for the toxic drug crisis. Um, but that's what drives us to keep thinking differently and keep right. We we've got to do something here because uh, we see the need every day. So, um, what will St. Paul's, the new St. Paul's, um, how will it better be able to address the toxic drug crisis or serve the community, mostly in and around the downtown east side, which isn't the only place where the toxic drug crisis exists, and I, I well know that because it it exists in people's homes right across the mm -hmm. province and across mm -hmm. the country, but particularly acute would be the need in the downtown east side. So how can the new St. Paul's help better serve that that really at-risk community? So the, the new St. Paul's will will definitely help, but we, we're absolutely not waiting five years to, to do that. We're every day thinking, what else can we do? So for instance, we, um, we have an overdose prevention site within the current St. Paul's. Um, which um, keeps uh, enables patients who are using substances to um, to look to to take those with a nurse led support there. Um, we have we give out suboxone in the emergency department. We give have naloxone for our security guards. We run Crosstown Clinic, which is in the downtown east side, 
Um, and we uh, recently just moved that to a much nicer, brighter, purpose-built space. And then really excitingly, we're currently working um, with the BC government um, and with some um, incredibly generous major donors. And um, you may have heard uh, David Eby's announcement, um, I think the Sunday before last, when he mm -hmm. referenced um, the uh, a new model at St Paul's Hospital for addictions care. And um, the basic concept of that is that um, it is care on, on demand so that when someone approaches a healthcare uh, provider or a hospital and says, I am reliant on street drugs, please help me. We have to be able to say, yes, we can help you now. Not, we want to help you, but there's a waiting list, come back in three mm -hmm. weeks, or oh, we can do this bit, but then there's no transition care. It has to be an integrated system and it has to be ready for people when they want it. Because uh, I, often if you say to someone, come back in three weeks, then they may, in three weeks time, they may not be in a position where they, they want to access The need care. is urgent. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes, we need to treat it in the same way as we treat a cardiac arrest is our concept. Um, and we can make addictions care like cardiac care. No, I just think about the challenges for the healthcare system and the people working in the healthcare system, the doctors and the nurses and all the support staff. It has really been a really difficult few years and and we can't be grateful enough for all of the work that's done um, by all of those those folks. And you spoke about uh, you know an announcement from government and it does seem there's some some more urgent action that is starting to happen around solving some of the healthcare problems. Are you optimistic that we are moving more now to solution and coming out of crisis mode? Um, I think the nature of healthcare, um, to be honest, in, in any country and in any environment is that you're always doing both really. Um, so what we're always trying to do is absolutely respond to the crisis in front of us because, you know, that's that's urgent. But at the same time, also think, well, what can we do in a more proactive way to try and ensure that we we get out of that? Um, and of course, we were never, um, none of us were ever expecting the last two years. Um, I think that a global pandemic is one of those things that was probably on every organization's risk register somewhere. Yes. Um, and along with the earthquake and tsunami. Um, and then so we've all been through something in the last two years that you know we we never anticipated and if you were in healthcare through that so what i keep saying to people all the time in the organization you've done something that really no one else alive has done in terms of we you have worked and we you have responded and you've stepped up to a global pandemic um so true and so yeah it's been a pretty pretty you know something we didn't expect the last two years for sure so aside from the COVID-19 pandemic and the toxic drug crisis, um, although those are two very large things, but putting those aside, you've been in uh, Vancouver for a few years now, I guess four years plus. What has that experience been like for you moving from the UK and being in our region? Um, it's It's been really great. Um, it was really, it was very scary to come here, actually. Um, I didn't really, I didn't know, really know anyone. And so it was definitely a kind of leap in the dark. Mm. Um, but I've never, I've never regretted it. I found people really welcoming and um, it's just such a beautiful place. And I love the mountains and the sea. And so um, it's, it's been yeah, it was it was challenging. It's culturally very different from the UK. And yes. I probably underestimated that before I came here. 
Um, but yeah, very, very happy I made that leap. Well, we are very lucky to have you here. Uh, Fiona, as we wrap up our conversation and you think about, you know, the next milestones uh, over, we're going into a new year soon into 2023. So what are some of the important milestones that you want to see the St. Paul's project hit in the coming calendar year? Um, So we need to um, keep the acute hospital uh, building on track, um, confident that we'll do that. Um, we um, need to really get going with the research building um, and the innovation building, and that will also have our physician offices in there um, and our kind of corporate innovation space. So that's a really important thing. And the um, Indigenous Wellness and Welcoming Centre. Um, but then equally important is we are beginning to really ramp up our what we've called health system redesign. What we're really wanting to ensure is that we don't just move our existing processes as we provide care into a shiny new building, but we take this opportunity to really think about how we can redesign things um, to make them more patient focused, more efficient and deliver better uh, value based healthcare. Well, we are certainly in for um, some exciting times for St. Paul's Hospital and exciting times for the False Creek Flats. So lovely to have you join us today, Fiona Dalton. Thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you so much.